Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Beis and Masachas Nedarim. And, yeah, sponsored by uh, Invisalign because Bezat Hashem, I'll be attending, starting tomorrow, the summit, which uh, orthodontists go to once every two years. Andrew will be in uh, San Diego. So we're all in sync. And so Barry's going to take advantage and he's going to be on a undisclosed location with a uh, martini and an olive in it, okay, <laughs> on a beach somewhere. Okay, be that as made, but we'll be resuming on Monday. But let's, let's start. I had a little, okay, so yesterday we had four incidents to describe, right, the halacha that was controversial as to whether somebody is allowed to regret a nether that they made and whether regret alone would be grounds for undoing a nether. That is controversial because after all, <laughs> many things in life, for better or for worse, don't turn out the way you sometimes expect. And that is not what we, not, not everybody holds that that is enough of a grounds to undo a nether. A nether really, you would think, you're right, we, we have been explaining until now, that a nether really requires you to say, oh, there was a piece of information missing, like what we call in Dine Mamanus, when we talk about financial things like a mekachtos, like there was a, right, or, or in Kiddushin, right, there was a missing piece of information I didn't know. Had I known the missing piece of information, had I seen the whole picture, I would have not made this nether. But to say that I had a full picture, I just didn't know how it would turn out, that's not uh, usually what we consider to be grounds for undoing the nether, and yet we had four incidents to say, where Rabbi said, well, had you known, would you have done it? And we said, no. And we said that in those cases, we actually did undo the nether. So we see that that threshold was controversial. So now, let's just start three lines up from the top, sorry, three lines down, rather, from the top of Hafez and Aleph. I ran through the fourth of the four incidents. This last one, we're going to um, tease out some details from. So, Bar Barte de Rabbianai Sava, Right, so that's the grandson, the son of the daughter, the maternal grandson of Rivyanai Saba, Rivyana the elder, also Kameda Rivyanai Saba. Okay, so the grandson comes in front of his grandpa Rivyanai, and Amalei, and Rivyanai says to him, now clearly this grandson is trying, he's going to his grandfather to try to get released from a neder. So his grandfather said, Rabbi Yana the uh, Saba says to him, Had you known that they open up your ledger and scrutinize your deeds? What does this mean? It means he's referring to something, and this is the springboard for our discussion in today's daf. He's referring to the fact that when people make nadarim, we have not seen this yet, we know that nadarim is a controversial thing already that we have discussed at great length. But what we did not discuss is do they open up your ledger and scrutinize in Shemaim that if a person wants to be under the scrutiny, right, a lot of times it's an interesting thing, thing in Chazal. We don't like to bring attention to ourselves too much. We're trying to fly on under, under the radar to avoid retribution. So, but if they open up uh, as, if, as if you can hide, right? Okay. But be that as it may, if they're going to scrutinize you, had you known that Nadarm opens you up to scrutiny, would you have done so? Me Nadart? Would you have made the nether? So the grandson said to his grandfather that he would not have. And again, his grandfather released him. So now we're six lines down from the top. And so that's a fascinating idea, right? That 
So the first thing is, again, this was a fourth incident indicating that there were, there were, uh, in fact, Rabbanim, historically, that, that, set, that would bring out something that could have been known. It was not something that was a mekachtas. It's not a new piece of information. It's somebody that every, something that everybody should know. And yet, when the grandfather trying to hook up his grandson with a undoing of his nether, was asking him, had you known that this was a really serious thing, would you have done it? Grandson said, I would not have made the nether, and the nether was thus annulled. So Amar Rabbi Abba, my Kra, what is the source of this idea that you would be scrutinized, Mishamayim, when you simply make any nether? So he says, the Pasuk in Mishle, it says, Okay, now technically it means that after you make a nether, you try to remedy the nether by looking for a looking for a way of undoing it. But, homiletically, you could say, that after you make a neder, when you make one, you get what's called an audit, right? They, they visit you from Masach Nasa, or whatever, you know, from, uh, you get an IRS audit, or you get an audit of your deeds, okay. Homiletically, just like uh, my grandmother, Lel Shalom, used to say, Acharemos Kedoshim Emor, right? So homiletically, you say the Parshios in sequence, and it means after someone's dies, everyone says that they're great, right? Acharemos Kedoshim Emor. So it's like a play on words. Achar Nedarim Levaker. So now the Gemara says, So even though Rabbi Yanai, right, made a Pesach for his grandson out of this notion, right, that it is a serious thing that opens you up to, to heavenly scrutiny when you make a neder. The Gemara says, we don't paskin like this. In practice, we don't do so. Now, why do we not do so? Okay. Well, the reason is because if you scare, and this is where the Mepharshim teased this out with the Ran, that if you are actually going to spook somebody out, and let's say they did not know, or whether they did, the notion of being open to heavenly scrutiny is so intimidating to most people that they would back out of the nether even if they didn't want to. In other words, it becomes disingenuous, right? Right. So even if he doesn't mean it, he'll back out, and that's not, uh, and that insincere backing out of the nether. So even if you hold it, you could back out in that way. Uh, it would not. It would not necessarily be valid, and so we avoid trying to use that as a Pesach. Be that as it may, the Gemara says, We don't make a Pesach out of another circumstance as follows. Right? There was a certain other elderly person, okay, where Rabbi Gamliel used as a Pesach for him the following thing. It says in the Pasuk in Mishlei, which means there's a person who, when he's, where he's saying things and it's like the piercings of a sword, from like Bitois Fasaim, right? So his words are like swords piercing. And yet, right, the Chachamim, the right, the wise people have the ability to heal it with their tongues. So what is that Pasuk in Mishlei referring to, kol habote, rori ledokor becherev, el aloshon chachamim rape. So this is actually a famous idea, that anybody who's mevate, right, bote means making a vow, anybody who makes a neder, should, 
be pierced. Nobody should make nedarim. This is a pasuk in Mishlei, a very anti-neder pasuk. Ela lashon chachamim merape. But the chachamim can actually heal that. They can undo it. Okay. So, so that is what Rebbe Gamliel says to used. He used to use that pasuk, right? He said, "Had you known that you should be right." The 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 uh, allusion here is that the that that this was Rebbe Gamliel's go to pasuk that whenever somebody would want to undo another, Rebbe Gamliel will go to them and he would quote this pasuk to imply that hey, you just made a nether, which guess what means that from in the heavenly courts you're supposed to be pierced thousands of times with a sword, and I'm your only recourse to get out of it. Had you known that, would you have made this nether? And they say. No. So he said, good, now I'm getting you out of it. That would basically be the way Rav Galil functioned when it came to Hataras Nadarm. Fine. So now the Gemara says, another, another case. We don't make it an opening out of the following. So we don't like, right, what um, uh, Rabbi Yanai Saba did. We don't do what Rav Galil did either. We don't use these intimidating psukim either. But here's another one that we don't use. The Tanya, Rabbi Nasan Omer, Hanoider ki Boma. Oh, another famous statement with regards to Nadarim. There's actually a real parallel here that the Ron brings up. That when a person makes a ned there, it's like as if he built a bama. What is a bama, guys? It's a unsanctioned, right, Mizbeach outside of the base of Mikdash. So building the actual bama is, is, is essentially forbidden. But the real, real Isser, right, is to, is to bring the korban on it. Okay, that's where you really, that's an Isra Kares, okay? So, so that, right, he's Chayev, as the Ran says, if he does that, for Shchut Eichutz. I'll even read the Ran, which we rarely do, but watch this. Rabbi Nason Omer, Hanode Kilobanabadam, says the Gemara, the Mekaimo. Mekaimo doesn't mean, this isn't like Rabbi Yudah saying that a person who fulfills his neder, that's not what it means. Mekaimo means he does not undo the neder. Because how do we know that? Because that consequence is even greater. That if you make, making the net is like you built the bama, Bahamakaimo, says Rabbi Nasan, Ki'ilu makar of korban. It's as if you sacrifice the korban on the bama. Now that's the worst part. So that's where the Ran over here, where it says Bahamakaimo, says, Kloma she'ino nishal alav. So the first thing he's pointing out is that Makaimo doesn't mean fulfilling the nether. It means not undoing the nether, right? Allowing it to be, to continue is Makaim, right? Uh, so that's the chiv of shutechutz, says the Ran. And so that's the worst part. Making the nether is bad. Not undoing the nether is where it really gets bad. Okay. So now, and here the Ran explains that the Reisha means this first part. This, uh, this building of the Bama, the, the original nether, being the Bama, paschinan. For that, we make an opening. Besefa, however, out of the last part, or Mekaimo, Abaye Amar Paschinan, Rava Amar Lo Paschinan. In other words, right, when he makes the nether, we have a Pesach. But once you're Mekayim, we're not sure. What do you mean, once you're Mekayim? In other words, when you allow the nether to go on, right, then once we say that second thing, so again, when we tell a person, this is all talking about again, in the context of what how do we intimidate? How do, how do we make an opening, a Pesach, 
for a person to regret a neder without intimidating them. Because again, if we intimidate them, then we're concerned that their backing out is insincere. So this is what we're saying over here, that Rabbi Nassim is explaining that if you tell them, Hanoder ki lubonabama, and they back out then, that is a valid Pesach. Okay, however, right, when, it, if you told them, Vamakaimo ki lubonabama, karbon, so there you have the Mechlokas of Bayarava, whether that would be a valid Pesach. Why? Because the Akrovas Karban on Obama is so, is like Shchut Echutz, which is so much more severe that if you told them that, now there's the Mechlokas as to whether that is too severe to allow it to be a Pesach, right? Because if you intimidate your person who's coming for a neder too much, now you don't know when they say that they regret it, are they saying it because they're spooked out or are they saying it because they genuinely regret it? Bama is not such a severe isser, and therefore for that, according to this version, we are allowing him to, to back out, but to be bekayim and to be doing shchut echutz, that we're not so sure. Or, Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana learned it a little bit differently as follows. Rav Tavyumi Masnehachi. He learned it not in the name of Rav Nassim, but rather Rav Tavyumi. And Tavyumi says like this, that everybody agrees, right, that when you say, that once you are intimidating a, a, a person who's coming to undo a nether with that, that for sure nobody would hold that that's a good Pesach. But Reisha, but when you say, that's where the Machlokas Abayi Rava is. Right? So he just shifts it over. What is the Machlokas? Is it on the Binyan of Bama? Is that intimidating enough to generate a Machlokas? And, um, and, when, and explaining and saying over the statement of Makar of Korban and Shchut Echutz, is for sure not good, or is it that Banabama everybody would say would good, and the Machlokas is by Shkut Echutz, be that as it may, says the Gemara, concluding, In other words, we don't mention the Bama at all when a person comes for Pesach uh, for Neder, because both the Bama and the Akarvas Shkut Echutz, both of them are too intimidating to qualify as a statement to try to get a... Uh, to try to get a regret out of it, and therefore we, the halacha follows, I guess you would say, according to Rava in the second version, which is Lopas not by Obama and not by Makayim Neder. Okay. So now we're 12 lines up from the wide lines, and we say the following Lopas behind Nami de Shmuel. Okay, these are all examples of things where we don't allow an opening for. The Amr Shmuel, Russia. This is a statement of Shmuel that even though a person makes a nether, this is very much not like the Shita of Rabbi Huda that we had mentioned, right? We had said, what is the Pasuk uh, saying is the worst thing to do? The Pasuk in Kohelas, in the fifth chapter of Kohelas. What is the best thing to do? So according to you, the best thing to do is to make a nether and to actually fulfill it. That is not what Shemuel says. Shemuel says, if you make a nether, even if you fulfill it, you're called a Russia. I'm a Rabbi Abo, my Korah, what's the source for this? Ask Rabbi Abo. Says in the Pasuk, lindor lo Right after all, the the pasuk in the Torah says that if you if you cease from making a nether, so then there will be no sin. Oh, okay. It does seem to imply that if you make a nether, if you don't cease, which is to say, if you make a nether, it's a chait. It does seem to imply. And then he expounded as follows: v'yolif chadala chadala. Right, the word v'chitechdal. Right, in devarim chaf gimel chaf gimel. It sounds like if you refrain, right? If you refrain from making a nether. But the word chadal, refrain, appears somewhere else where, 
Lindar, Lindar is in Tvarm Chav Gimel Chav Gimel. And then over there in Eov it says, Uchsiv Hasam, Sham Rishaim Chadlu Rogez. There, in the grave it's referring to, the Rishaim cease from Rogez, which can be referred to as anger, right? Uh, or some form of agitation. Okay. That we see in Eov. So now, Put the two psukim together. You have chadala in the context of nether. You have chadala in the context of rishayim. Sounds like a person who makes a nether is a rasha. That's how Shmuel comes up with this idea. Now again, this is what we don't tell people who are coming to undo a nether. We don't tell them these most intimidating things that it's like you should be, right, uh, you should be punctured with swords or that you're like a rasha or any of these things because then of course a person will say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm backing out. But be that as it may, we are seeing in context all these negative things that people said about people who made Nadarim. Okay? And now the Gemara is going to quote our Mishnah on Daftas seems to support this idea of Shmuel. Because I'm a Rabbi Yosef. Af anan nami tanina kenidere kashem lo amar klum kenidere rishayim nadar benazir evakaravan uvishvua. You might recall that that Mishnah talked about this concept that was hard to define. What is nidre kashem and nidre rishayim? And one of the ways of understanding that was that Nidre Kesherim, it's like a nether that nobody would ever say. So if you say, I'm making a nether, like Nidre Kesherim, that's another way of saying, I'm not making a nether. Whereas if you said, Nidre Rishayim, our Mishnah said, so then it would work. That would actually work as a nether. The nether would be valid. Why? Because only your Russia would make a nether. And so that supports this idea of Shmuel, that a person who makes a nether is in fact a Russia. So again, Rabbi Yehuda would not hold like any of this, but we have this line of reasoning, this school of thought that Nadarim are inherently the, 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 sub, the um, practice of Rishayim. Fine. So having brought up this idea of Regez, right, the Regez of Rishayim, the Gemara is going to explain now that a person who is angry is by definition a Russia. The, this is the Gemara in Chafbez that talks about how anger is one of the worst of all the midos that a person could have. Ayoni, um, where does it say, what is it, the Rambam who says, is that you should find the middle ground in all things, except for gaiva and kas? Is that right? The, what? Humility. Humility is, would be the opposite of gaiva. And that, so that's, that's one thing you could have in abundance. And I think kas. Anyway, kas is my, let, let's do the kas kamaras here. Four lines up from the wide. Amar Bishmuel Barachmeni Amar Bionasan. Kol Akoes Kol Mine Gehenim Sholtimbo. Right, anybody who's angry, all kinds of Gehenim, right, suffers all kinds of Gehenim. Shneemar Vehaser Kas Milibecha Vavera Ami Psarecha. This is towards the end of Kohelas. It says, remove all Kas from your heart. And in so doing, remove evil from your flesh. So you see Kas and and evil are removed. This, it behooves us to see the Ran here. We're seeing two Rans. That's our record so far in the Dharm. Says the Ran, When you have anger, Andrew, you don't have anger, so let me explain. What, oh, the Ran is six lines up from where the Ran gets wide. Ran is on the outside column, like Tosvos, in a typical format. So, you see that? So, right, when a person is angry, Andrew, it's called like flying off the handle. They lose all control of their reason, right? And at that point, 
There's no telling what a person's going to do. All this work that they did on themselves, the faith, right, and, and, uh, and Midos, just goes out the window. And that's what the Ryan is alluding to. It, it caused the person to be kofar b'ikr. Throws everything away. Because like it says, he quotes Shabbos Kufay. You see that three lines up from the wide. Right? Right? If a person gets angry, so, right, you may have heard the neighbors, you hear yelling, next thing you hear is dishes breaking. Why would somebody destroy their own stuff? Because they lost their mind, Barry. Right? A person is, being, is in a destructive mode. This being like that is like being over kachavim. It's antithetical to everything that we believe in, right? It means that you're in destruction mode as opposed to building mode, and therefore it is so awful to have this mida of, of anger. So again, it says you should remove anger from your heart, then kohelas, and remove the ra, the bad, from your flesh. Ve'en ra, what's bad? Ela gehenim. That's referring to gehenim, and that's how we know that kaas is like gehenim. Shanemar, how do we know that ra is gehenim? Shanemar, kol pal Hashem, that's in Mishle. Everything Hashem made, Lemanehu, is for himself. Even the wicked one, what? Rasha Ra'a, right? And he made for the, even the wicked. Why did he make evil? In other words, Hashem is all good. Why would he make evil? It's for the Yom Ra'a. The day of evil refers to the day that there's retribution in Gehenna. And somehow that sort of like tit for tat, din, is baked into the Hashem's creation, and even that has a purpose. Okay. Below od bo Well, to add insult to injury, not only are you kofar be'ikur, but you're also going to get tachtonios, which is colloquially translated as hemorrhoids. Shneemar v'nasan Hashem lecha sham lev ragaz ragaz. There again is the anger. This is a pasuk in actual chumash and devarim. Hashem is going to give you. Right, and this is talking about the klala of Gullus. You'll have an agitated heart, and your eyes will be diminished in some ways, right? And, and you'll have depression and a suffering of your soul in Gullus. So Gullus is, right, is characterized by having anger and weakened eyes and a depressed soul. And Ezu, Davashim, Chasenayim, Adiv, and Nefesh. And what is it that causes your eyes to be so, and your soul to suffer so heavy? Omer, Eloh, Tachtonias. Amorites. Okay. Uh, so now you know. Five lines up from the bottom of Chapeza Medalfa as follows. Let's talk about this Pasuk. Ula b'miske la'ar Yisrael. So Ula made Aliyah. See what I did there? And Isalvule trained b'nei chozai b'hadei. So, on his way to Eretz Yisrael, on the Nefesh B'Nefesh flight, he's joined by two people from B'nai Chozai. Uh, and and, and we, we point out that these B'nai Chozai, right, were in fact um, Israelis, I think. Um, let me see, Chozai, I think they were Israelis. Yeah, the, the rush said that they were Jews. Okay. So now, So these, one of the Israelis goes and he slits the throat of the other one and kills him. Okay. So Avdi. So the one who the killer, okay, it's a crazy story, obviously. So, so on the Nefesh Benefesh flight, one Israeli kills another. And so and, and then asks Ula, did I do the right thing? Yaus Avdi? Do you think that I overreacted? Right? They got to fight over who gets the window, who gets the aisle. 
And so he slits his throat and he asks Ula, who's in the middle seat, do you think I overreacted? So Amalei, uh, or well, he didn't, the way he phrased it was, did I do the right thing? So Ula says to him, Amalei, in. Ufrale Beis HaShchita, he said, yeah, 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 you did the right thing. Not only that, open up his Beis HaShchita even a little bit more so that the blood could pour out more. Why would he say such a thing? So again, the Mepharshim here explains, first of all, Ula was not about to argue with this guy because obviously the guy was a homicidal maniac, A. So you don't disagree with those guys. That's Pikuach Nefesh, Andrew. And secondly, he didn't want the guy whose throat was just lit to suffer. So he said, open it up. Let's, end, let, let's put an end to this. The crazy story, Barry. I'm sorry to start your day like this. It's a little early for this kind of story. Anyway, finally, the, the plane lands. So the plane lands in... Ben Gurion Airport, Natbag as they call it, and of course the great Godel of Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yochanan, Mitzaka is in Yavne, Amar Lei, and Ula goes to Rabbi Yochanan and he says to him, Did I do the right thing? Like maybe I was actually supportive of him. He asked me, Did I do the right thing? And I said, Yes, and I don't feel good about it because what he had just done was shech the individual and I just supported him in doing so. So it didn't feel right, even though obviously there's Pikuach Nefesh. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan said to him. Amalei, You say, on the contrary, it's bikuach nefesh. Listen, if it's bikuach nefesh, then that's what you do. You have to do so. You shouldn't feel, you shouldn't beat yourself up about it. Okay. So katama Rabbi Yochanan, but what was puzzling Rabbi Yochanan was the following. Wait a minute. But we just quoted this pasuk, and that's how we got to this point. Right? This idea, right, that, that we say, that it's supposed to be what? Part of the klala of Gullus is to have an angry heart. So what puzzled Rabbi Yochanan was, how did this happen in Eretz Yisrael? Like, this is not behavior of, of Israelis to shecht each other because they're arguing over the window or the aisle seat. It's a behavior of, of people of Chutzlaretz. That's supposed to be part of the klala. This kind of off the handle, flying off the handle anger is supposed to be the behavior of people in Chutzlaretz. Right? Bevavelksiv. This is talking about Chutzlaretz kind of behavior. How could it be that such people would come to Eretz Yisrael? I remember when we made Aliyah in 2003 and our Nefesh Benefesh flight landed, we, um, we get off the flight and um, we could have got, we were about to go into a certain van to go to Ramat Beit Shemesh. This is like literally upon landing for Aliyah. And uh, this was, and a fist fight broke out between two cab drivers over who's going to take us to Ramat Beit Shemesh, two Israeli cab drivers. And uh, once it was resolved, however, they laughed and hugged it out. So it was like, welcome to Israel. In other words, in Eretz Israel, right? So the Israelis, as we say, the Sabras, they may seem prickly on the outside, but the, the, it's a brotherhood, it's a family on the inside, and so, right, this is, okay. So, 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 so this kind of behavior is inappropriate for Eretz Yisrael, it's appropriate for Chutzot. So Amr Leis, Ula said to him, Ahu Shaita, I should tell you, right, after all, he was surprised how, how, how this rage could happen in Eretz Yisrael. So he said, at the time that the murder occurred, lo, Avrina and Yardena. Yeah, we weren't in Eretz Yisrael yet. This happened on the plane. <laughs> And that's how the murder could have occurred on the airplane. Or in this particular context, as we turn to Chafez and Bey, he says, we had not yet passed over the Yardin. Now, of course, whether Ever HaYardin is technically Eretz Yisrael or not, uh, you have to look at the run on the previous page. Lo Avrin and Yardana, the second wide line, 
Whether Eivar Yadin has Kedusha Sa'aretz is sort of like shoved under the rug here as, as like, oh, it was Eivar oh, Yadin, it wasn't Eretz Yisrael, not so posh it. Uh, no, none, none other than the Rebukiva Eger and the Chazanish. It gets, it gets dicey over here whether this Eivar Yadin is in fact, right, is or does not have Kedusha Sa'aretz, but be that as it may, in the context of this conversation, what they were saying was, we were in Chutzla Aretz when this happened, it would not have happened in Eretz Yisrael. Okay. So now, Amar Rabbi Barav Huna, Kol Hakois Afil Shechina Eina Chashuva Kenegdo. Again, talking about how anger is the worst of the traits. Anyone who is angry, the Shechina even is not significant to him. Shenema Rasha Kegova Apolba Yudrosh, this is the Pasuk in Tehillim. Right, the Rasha, right, in the height of his anger, at the peak of his anger, Kegova Apo. He will not seek. He will not seek what? He will not seek Hashem. Hashem is not in any of his thoughts. And that's right. When a person is angry, again, they can be self-destructive. They can break things. And they're not thinking about anything of importance. It's a self-destructive mode. And it is very, very, uh, for, for that reason, right, it's considered like Avodah Zarah. Yeah, you're going to forget your Torah. Not only that, you're going to increase your, your tipshus, your stupidity. There's a pasuk in Kohelis again. Anger rests where? In the ksilim, in the fools, right? Who is fool, right? If a person, and you see this in the gedolim, and in all the great people that we know, all the great gedolim are calm. Sometimes when you have a machlokas, sometimes uh, people, uh, you will see, half in Israel, it's called a hafgana, burning tires and whatnot, and those kinds of uh, those kinds of demonstrations, but when you visit the gedolim in person, you will not see that. All you see is calm, because after all, Hashem runs the world, right? And the gedolim don't have this kas. The kas is really um, more appropriate in the bosom of fools, as we say. And also Mishlei references this: Uchsiv Uchsil Yifrosh Iveles. What what you do when you're a fool is that you tend to broadcast your foolishness, right? So that is something that one does when they are angry, and so you will see that uh, in foolish behavior. Now, Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, who, Amar, um, It's an interesting thing. When you see that a person is uh, prone to anger, it is a tell about him having more, right, sins than schuyos. Where do we have a source for that? In Mishleishen Amar, Uval Chema, Rav Pasha, straight up. Person who is angry must be full of sin. And perhaps it is that, not to do armchair psychology here, but right, this agitation, the aforementioned agitation that comes from not right, being follow, directed in Avodah Hashem in the proper way, not fulfilling your potential, not feeling good about yourself, right, this self-loathing that goes on, can bring one to anger, perhaps, and maybe that is what is alluded to in Mishlei when it says that, that when you see a person ang- uh, is angry or when one is, feels anger within themselves, they should know it's not coming from a good place, right? So there, so there it is. Okay, right, we, we, we know that even, even in the face of tragedy, when you had, right, Rabbi Akiva, uh, even uh, among, when he was amongst one of the Asaruruge Malchus, burning up, right, uh, in, in, in flames, the calmness, right? Or when he saw the churban of the Beis Hamikdash in ruins, right? The calm and the laughing and the calmness, 
Because the recognition that a Karsh Baruch Hu runs everything brings an inner calm even in the face of adversity. So anger is, in a sense, a denial of, of Hashem's providence. And so when one feels anger, it is never coming essentially from a good place. Uh, certainly there, are, there is evil in the world, but that evil should be addressed with a certain sense of focus, but at the same time, calm and belief in Hashem. Okay. Now, that said... There were, are, there are illusions in Psukim where Hashem, right? How do you reconcile that? Hashem, apparently, right, in the Psukim gets angry. So how do you reconcile that? It says, So first of all, so if it were not for the fact that Klai Yisrael sinned, we would only have Chamisha Chum Shetar and Sefer Yeshua. Well, what, what are we missing? The rest of Nach. What's the rest of Nach? Musr. Musr for what? For our Averos. Uh, so why is Yeshua, why would Yeshua be there? She'ar kashel Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. Because uh, Sefer Yeshua is really just showing out how to divide up Eretz Yisrael to the Shvatim. But everything else is just Musr. My taima. How do we see that in the Psukim? It says, ki berov chachma rav kas. Right? This is talking about, this is Kohelas, right? That when you have a lot of wisdom, it brings a little bit of anger. So this is a very, this is sort of like a homiletic allusion to the fact that all the Rav Chachma found in Nach is an indication of the anger of a Baruch Okay. Obviously, a Baruch Hu's anger can't be compared to our anger in any other way that it's a retribution or perhaps a reflection of our behavior. Okay. What? So the anger of a Karsh Baruch Hu, uh, is an indication, right? So, so again, the fact that we have Sifrei Nach, according to the source, is an indication that we have to have Musr. But what I'm trying to say is, we just spoke about all of the anger being the worst, the one Midah that you have to eradicate completely, that it has no place, right? And that a Karsh Baruch Hu shows anger. So what I'm, what I'm assuming is that the anger of a Karsh Baruch Hu has to be different Right, because when we get angry, we are consumed with our emotions when we kind of like lose our minds. That is something that even in a kavayachal, anthropomorphic way of looking at Karsh Baruch Hu, cannot be, right? Because Hashem's always, so to speak, kavayachal has his wits about him, so to speak, right? And so the anger that we spoke about until now can't be the anger that we're speaking about with the context of Hashem. Because we're saying that Hashem was, that the nach is a reflection of Hashem's anger, okay? But it's not the anger in the same way that we have the anger. It's more of maybe reflecting our behavior, and it's the musr that Hashem is giving us to reflect our behavior. And so it's a different kind of anger. Okay? Oh, but the reason why Sefer Yeshua would have been included is because it's not filled with musr, but rather in Sefer Yeshua, what you need, the reason you need Sefer Yeshua is to show the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. In other words, it has a more utilitarian function other than just musr, whereas the rest of Nach is just Klal Yisrael sinning and being punished and sinning and being punished, and then the Naveen saying, guys, get it together, and then Klal Yisrael saying, either we're sorry or trying to kill the Navi, you know what I mean? But that's not really the theme as you go through, at least say for Yeshua, it has a different theme. Yeshua has the ecstasy of entrance of Eretz Yisrael, and 
You know, it's like it's like Lahavdil's spring training, right? Like hope springs eternal, where you're coming in and you're entering Eretz Yisrael for the first time in the midst of Tlurias Ba'aretz and the, the the division of the land. So it is very different uh, thematically than the rest of Nach. Okay, so now thirteen lines down. Okay, back to discussion about Pesachim for Shavua. Okay, now Amar of Asi ain niskakin. Okay, when a person says so you ever hear somebody say I'm saying this for the sake of uh, of teaching here so you hear somebody say like I swear to God right they'll say that phrase so when a person who has said then already it has more of a language and then it cannot be undone unless chutz mikonam ishti Except when he attaches a Lashon Shavuah. So again, he said, which brings it into a level where it becomes less, right, undoable, right? It's harder to undo. However, if he attaches it to a nonsensical, ridiculous statement, then even in the context of Shavuah, we will undo it. What's this nonsensical statement? He says, I'm making a konam that my wife, right, should not have any unknown for me because why? She stole my purse or she hit my kid. And it is known, right, or it became known, that that was completely nonsensical. It's not true. Never happened. And so we have a person who is, in fact, using a Lashon Shavuah, but by the same token, he's attaching his Lashon Shavuah to, to something that was completely ridiculous. So if that happens, in that way, we do, we will annul that. That's the one scenario where we will annul it, despite the fact that it's Lashon Shavuah. Let's, let's see a case case study to that effect. He does say the commander of Asi, and this is again, this is the statement of Ravasi. So he practiced what he preached as follows. The woman comes in front of Ravasi. She wants to undo her nether. So she says, Amar la, nadart. He said, uh, by what did you make the nether? So she said, by okay, Israel. Uh-oh. Once you attach it to okay, Israel, it's more serious, right? Because that's, again, it's going to be shame Hashem Lashav. You can't do that, right? It makes it more serious and it's harder to undo. So Amar la, inadart bimbohi, we already said Moi is like a nickname for Moshe Rabbeinu. If you had done for any less, right, for mere mortal, Shehikinui Ba'alma, then we would say, okay, that's just a, a kinui. Uh, it, it would be, Nadat Ben-Mohi is already a Lashon we used in, a, in the Mishnah in the beginning of the second Dharm, right? It's just an, another way of saying it, and therefore it's less serious than Mizdakiknalach. I could have actually, you know, addressed you and helped you out. I would have been able to undo your Neither. However, but here, when instead of saying it, right, Moi was one of the Kinuyim, instead you went hardcore into the actual right statement of right? So we see that adding, attaching to the Neder is that's something that I will not be able to undo. This difference between a Shvu and an Oath, a Shvu and a Neder is, um, we've discussed it many times. My Rebbe of Blachman, when he wanted to test the erudition and the ability of his students to ex- be able to explain things, he would fahar them by saying, explain to me the difference between a neder and a shvua without using the term chefza and gavra, right? Because he wants people to be able to articulate their thoughts. Once you say chefza gavra, like you don't need to say anything else, but maybe you don't even know what you're saying. And for some guys, he would say, and sit on your hands. You can't use your hands. Okay. But be that as it may, this Eloke Yisrael certainly um, upgrades it to an un- an undoable thing. 
Another case study of Kana Ikla the of Yosef. Amalei litom bar midi. Okay. So if Yosef said to him, eat something. So Amalei lo. If Kana said, no, I'm not going to eat. Mare kule lo taminan le. Mare kula is the master of, of, of everything. That's Hashem. I will not eat it. Uh-oh. Amalei lo mare kula lo tiamtle. Okay. Okay. So now Rabbi Yosef said to him, now you really can't eat it. We discussed in yesterday's daf the idea of when you say, I'm not even going to have a sip of water. That is colloquial, right? People don't want to overburden their hosts, and maybe they don't mean it. We say that that doesn't even need to be annulled. But because he said, Mar Kuleyama, now he can't undo it. So the Gemara says, Anikhala of Kahana, Dharma Lomari Kula. Yosef Amaya Amar Lomari Kula. I understand why Rav Kahana, right, right, refused and said, Lomari Kula. But why did Rav Yosef say, in other words, when Rav Kahana said it, he was saying it, Belash Nether. But why would Rav Yosef parrot and say that phrase back to him? So the Gemara says, "Hachi hu dekamarle, lo marikula hu dekamart, hilchach lo teyamtale." Yeah, he was being instructive. In other words, Marikana was was explaining the right. Uh, Rav Yosef was explaining the halacha to Rav Kana, and that's why he said it like that. Okay, six lines up from the wide. Amarava, Amarav Nachman, hilchas aposkin becharata. So that was the idea. Vinizkakin leloke Israel. Right? He said the following: the halacha is. Charata, this is a very controversial idea. Is charata enough to do a Pesach for a neder? So the halacha, according to Rava, is that yes. And even, it's the most makal thing we've seen yet. That even when you say, Eloke Israel, even then, Nizkakin, and you can undo it. So, So, regarding the discussion of, of Pesach, right? So Rava was praising Rav Schora to Rav Nachman. He says, that, he's a great man. So Amalok, she avol yadcha eviulei. So Nachman said, "Oh, he's a great man." So he says to Rava, "If when he comes to visit you, I'd like to meet this great man." So Avli nidr le Mishra. So if Schora happened to have had a nether, he wanted to undo. Also the kameder of Nachman, and so he came to Rav Nachman. Amalei nadat adaita dahachi. Nachman said, "Well, did you do this knowing?" In other words, he's saying this idea of charata. Amalei in. So if Schora said, "Yes, I had full knowledge when I did it," so he doesn't have charata. Okay, so adaita dahachi. In Kama Zimnin. So this was back and forth. In other words, when you made the nether, did you know that it was going to have this consequence? Yes. Did you know about this consequence? Yes. He's trying to find consequences where if he had known it, he would not have done the nether. But Rav Schor is very honest. He said, I would have done the nether regardless. So Iqbar of Nachman. So Nachman started getting annoyed. He's trying to undo his nether. And Rav Sachar is not complying. He's just telling him that he would have done the nether regardless of all these conditions. So Amalei Zil Lekilach. So he said, get out of here. Go to the, go outside. So Nakar for Schor, Pasuk Pitzchol and Avshe. So Schor left, and now he had, now he had Charata. Why? Because he said, Rebbe, Omer, Ezo, Yider, Kishar, Shirov, Adam. We learn in the Mishnah and Avos, the first Mishnah and the second part of Avos, what's the proper way? What's the good way to work? A person who earns himself Tiferes, the proper way to, to, the proper way to act. It was not anything that made him regret his nether. Until he saw that Rav Nachman was angry. That action made him regret his nether. Had I known that Rav Nachman would react that way, I would not have made the nether. And based on that, he annulled the nether for himself on that basis. So that's a chiddish, right? First of all, he didn't regret anything about the nether itself. And he only regretted the reaction. And then he even was able to be mata the nether for himself. So tomorrow we resume with Rabbi Shimon, right, on the bottom of Chavbez Amadbez.